It's seven minutes past six. Now, when Lula da Silva was serving nearly two years in prison for corruption, he could hardly have dreamed that this day would come. But his conviction was annulled and the left-winger is leader of Brazil again after very narrowly beating President Bolsonaro. Let's speak to Jonathan Bonfilio, who's the Times' Latin American correspondent. Good morning to you. Morning, Asma. Um, is there a problem? Do you, do you foresee problems because the uh, margin of victory was so tight? I think it's a really interesting question. I mean, the very fact that Bolsonaro has not conceded defeat, clearly he, you know, this is, they've, they've planned for this, his team has planned for this, prepared for this. So at some point he's going to come out and say something and we pretty much know which way it's going to go. To some extent, the question is how, uh, how loud, uh, aggressive are the noises that he and his team make about the integrity of the election What's interesting at the moment is that his broader ecosystem of supporters isn't really out there or hasn't really last night been out there questioning uh, too loudly what took place despite the narrowness of the victory, mm. which it's worth saying is the tightest election race in Brazilian history. Another way of looking at it, however, is that the very nature of this uh, of this election, again, the, uh, the, the, the thin margins involved means that half of Brazil fundamentally doesn't really believe in the mm. democratic project as it stands. And so the damage to democracy isn't something which is for the future. It's something which is highly present now. Also, in terms of um, President De Silva's um, uh, kind of legislative programme, things that he wants to get through, that's going to be difficult, isn't it? You're absolutely right. And not just difficult because of, you know, what broad mandate does he have when uh, when when the, the win was so narrow, but also because on the 2nd of October, when the first round of the presidential election took place, there was also a series of Senate elections and uh, gubernatorial races also uh, being undertaken in which a significant amount of Bolsonaro's uh, supporters, uh, acolytes, people who think like him as well, one Senate seats. So they control the Senate as well. So Lula pushing through his his progressive agenda is uh, is going to really struggle. Uh, having said which, I mean, Lula very quickly came out last night and, uh, you know, as you would expect, said that he was going to uh, to rule on a mandate for all Brazilians, not just half of Brazil, and that it was in nobody's interest for Brazil to be infighting uh, every day of, of the next four years. But, you know, whether Bolsonaro's supporters actually listen to that because they do fundamentally believe uh, that the, the, the election, or uh, well, most of them believe that the election is invalid in some way. Mm. And they also believe that Lula and his party were involved uh, in the biggest corruption scandal, again, in Brazilian history, which is an accurate statement. I mean, that scandal ran for, for a process of about 10 years, which led to, as you've correctly said, Lula being in prison for a period of almost two years. Just on that, what, why was his conviction annulled? On what grounds? It was annulled on the grounds that it was politically motivated and that uh, he, it was basically an invalid uh, sentence that was set down. The judge at the time, Sergio Moro, was then the justice minister in Bolsonaro's administration and a big supporter of his right-wing agenda. Um, so mm. it was broadly seen even at the time. I mean, there was no question that uh, Lula's party was involved, broadly involved in the uh, in the corruption scandal. But whether Lula himself was involved was much more of a uh, of an open question. Uh, and and also you can you can really tell that because 
uh, Lula won this election, not because of his party, but despite his party, because it is still fundamentally tainted by that scandal. And it was what Bolsonaro was throwing, was using throughout the campaign in terms of you know, his attacks on Lula, saying that he was a crook uh, and that they were just in it to, mm. uh, to debase the Brazilian uh, economy and people. So finally, uh, what direction then, we, we know he's a left winger, but what direction policy-wise will, will Lula take Brazil, uh, for example, on the economy and on, on climate? Yeah, I mean, he's, more, he's much more of a, despite him coming from the Workers' Party, he's much more of a, a, of a, a I guess, sort of temperate centre-leftist figure. And that was certainly the case. I mean, there's a clue in terms of, you know, the two terms that he served between 2003 uh, and 2011. Mm. He is of the of, of standard left, I, I guess, at the moment, in terms of you know, post-COVID uh, context, and especially a sort of war in Ukraine, Russia, inflation, uh, stifling economies globally in terms of, uh, opening up markets, reinvesting in people and economies, and so on. I think that the, the really key things, or the the, uh, the things which are going to we're going to see most of with Lula de Silva in the in new cycles relate to the Amazon, of course. Uh, you know, and the the very fact that and protecting the Amazon, he's already said that he doesn't want to be the, the Brazil to be a, a champion in deforestation, but he wants to, Brazil to be a champion in understanding and uh, and believing that uh, climate change is happening and responding. Uh, accordingly, and also the fact that Brazil largely has has become a sort of an international uh, pariah over the last four years, and so he's already, in fact, but he will be uh, undertaking a series of moves to kind of re-establish its its standing. Again, just as a final uh, statistic, I mean, it is important to remember that Brazil is the world's fourth largest democracy. So, what happens in Brazil doesn't just affect Brazil, but it also sends significant messages out to democracies across the globe. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Jonathan, thank you. That's Jonathan Bonfilio, who is the Times' Latin America correspondent.